Good morning. Welcome to the Magellan Show. It is Thursday, November the 19th, 2015. I want to welcome you to our program. I want to welcome all of you that are listening to our broadcast across the United States, Canada, and around the world. Our website is www.MagellanShow.com. Our live number is 646-929-0709. Tell a friend to join in and listen to the broadcast. Tell them about our website, MagellanShow.com, and it's a great way to be informed and understand what is going on in our world today. The the major events, news stories, headlines uh, that uh, are... Are, are so revealing as to as to the seriousness of of, of the geopolitical uh, situations and and events from what's going on in Paris, France, to what's going on here at home, to what's going on in the Middle East and elsewhere. I've never seen, quite frankly, uh, such. Uh, a bombardment of 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 news uh, from all from all parts of the world it is truly incredible so again our live number 6469290709 we do have a playback number let me tell you about that number that is a number that you can call it will be made available at the end of this broadcast and it will broadcast uh and until the next show, which is on on Tuesday, so you have several days to listen. That number is seven one two seven seven five seven zero three nine. There is an access code required. It's three two seven seven five six pound. I want to remind you that you can also listen on demand on the internet. Obviously, on our website MagellanShow.com, but also through Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you'll find us there through uh, several websites, podcasting sites, iTunes. So you can find us on iTunes, iqdcalls.com. We appreciate their posting our shows, by the way, uh, and others so like podbay.fm and so on. Follow us on Twitter at Real Magellan. And if you want to email us, our email address, contact at MagellanShow.com. Okay, so what's going on in the world? Well, I guess the question is, what is not going on? Uh, I just want to take, uh, I don't know, a few minutes to share with you from my heart where I think we are at in terms of, well, in terms of a lot of things. Uh, the the economy, security, and so on. I know that this situation with the refugees has been heating up. As a matter of fact, today in the United States of America, because some of you are listening elsewhere outside the United States, we will be having a vote in our Congress. And I I have to give credit where credit is due, and that is to the new speaker, the new Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. Uh, Paul Ryan, you may be familiar with him. He was the uh, vice presidential uh, nominee and running mate with Ritt, with the, with Mitt, I should say, Mitt, Mitt Romney, not Ritt, <laughs> Ritt Romney, that's a tongue twister there, Mitt Romney, uh, back in 2012. Uh, he's uh, he was a representative from uh, Wisconsin, but now is the House Speaker and has uh, done more uh, in a short period of time uh, than what a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of speakers have done, and they will be having a vote today to to pause or suspend this refugee uh, influx from Syria due to the fact due to the fact that we cannot, as a nation, adequately ascertain the uh, the, the level of, of of threat that that any one of these. Syrian refugees would pose, and that's because there is simply not enough data to do so. 
there there is not a uh, a system that is available in Syria to give us information that we need to determine who these people are. There is no database. Okay, it's not like we're we're accepting refugees from uh, or from some other country that is more established. Uh, Syria is in a mess, and so we don't know. Now, the fact that uh, that ISIS has made its stronghold in in Syria, and that they have also said that they would infiltrate that they would infiltrate the refugee uh, mass mi- migration. I mean, you have to stop and think about it. That is only prudent for the uh, for the for the legislative branch of government, the Congress, being led by by Paul Ryan to take such measures. Now, I know that there are some on the left that are saying, well, uh, how can you do this? When we've, we've, you know, when we at our at our airport go through tremendous screening processes, when we at our embassies go through tremendous screening, I mean, for, for any visa applicants that may come here, not just their their background checks, uh, police records, et cetera, but their health and so many other things that could pose a national security threat. And, and yet we, you know, we're, we're, we're saying, hey, you know, come on in. Doors wide open. I think this is prudent. And anyone that would try to use the sympathy or compassion card is being unfair. And, and I have to go on. I have to go on with this, my friends. Because we're not just hearing it from the left, but there are those that are within uh, the uh, even the the, the the right the right wing uh, evangelical side, and I would I would fall within that category of uh, of, of evangelical, but and conservative. But what has happened here is that there has been this this this, this guilt trip that has been placed upon. Uh, the, the 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 evangelical world, at least in part, saying, "Well, you know, but what about the babies? And what about the little children?" Obama, I believe it was yesterday, or the day before, was blasting the GOP, saying, first you you're complaining about the CNBC debate. Remember that debate, that unfair debate that that the moderators uh, conducted. Everybody remembers that. And and then now he's saying that the GOP is afraid of a bunch of three-year-old Syrian immigrants. Look, we're not afraid of any three-year-old Syrian immigrant at all. And I'm sure there are many people in the United States that, that, that have no children that would be happy to adopt them and start an adoption process. You know. But the point of the matter is, is that ISIS said that, the, that they would infiltrate the, 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 the migrant groups and they and one of those attackers in Paris was a refugee, a so-called refugee, uh, Syrian refugee. So you see what I'm trying to say here. But you have all this debate, and you see it all over social media, you know, putting this guilt trip because we're not accepting or, or we have issues accepting the refugees. I mean, seriously. I mean, would you let someone stay the night in your home while you and your family are there resting and you do not know who they are, you know, it's like, what what has happened here? I'm all for compassion, but compassion begins at home. That's, you know, I mean, truly it does. And if we can't make sure that these people are are safe to be around, then why should we proceed on? That's why we have this measure in the House of Representatives today. And so this is going to be a key vote. Now, the, the Speaker of the House has said that he has enough support or believes he has enough support to get the votes necessary to pass this, even not just on the, uh, on the Republican side, but also on the Democratic side. Because, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting how when it comes to security that – uh, how can I say this? That that we no longer become Republicans or Democrats; we become uh, Americans. Do the terrorists care 
you know, whether they kill Republicans or Democrats? No. They didn't say, they didn't say you know, that they're after Republican blood or, or Democratic blood. They said they're after Americans. That is the prize. Paris is not enough. They have made threats that they will come here. And so to make these kinds of of, of necessary measures uh, for the sake of security is is only wise and, and, and prudent. Now I want to say one more thing, you know, in terms of this, because you know, a lot you will you will you will deal with people, my friends, that will uh, that will do their very best to to condemn you for uh, simply saying, "Hey, I just want to make sure." that this is a safe process. And they'll say, well, don't you care about the little children? You know, this is what they will do. You know, they'll talk about the, uh, you know, the thugs that are coming through as well uh, that, that are infiltrating. And all of a sudden we, be, we decide to become humanitarian. What about the, the one estimated one million Christians that have been slaughtered and butchered, I'm just going to be blunt here, in Sudan? The Sudanese have been have been massacred, a total genocide in Sudan and in other areas uh, throughout Africa. Nobody seems to. It's like we're totally oblivious. We are going to have to become aware, my friend, as to what is going on in our world. Otherwise, we will become victims of liberalized bullying. And, 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 and trying to make us feel guilty because we're not jumping on the bandwagon for some kind of a movement. But the Sudanese and Sudan, they have been, they have been and, and more recently, more recently, you know, we have talked a lot about Iraq on this program and, and what's going on over there. And, I, and we have reported many times how the Kurds, you know, in Kurdistan, how, how they have been victims uh, and not just in Kurdistan, but in throughout many parts of Iraq, how how the Christians over there have have been persecuted, they have been killed, they have been beheaded for the name of Jesus Christ. Their churches have been burned to the ground. Think about this. In 2003, think about this one for a moment. There were an estimated one five million Christians in Iraq. There are now 200,000. Those are the numbers. We also reported on this program not too long ago that there were a, uh, a handful of Syrian Christians that were being detained in San Diego for months and months and months and months. And what happened? Their family members that had been living here for years said, We'll take them. We'll sponsor them. We'll take care of them. They will not be a burden on the U.S. government. But what did the, the, uh, the Homeland Security and, and the government say? Oh, well, no, we, we, don't, uh, we don't think we can do that. So there is an obvious uh, discrimination towards Christians. You know, in the Middle East, uh, 100 years ago, uh, 20% of the population was Christian. Today, those numbers are, are maybe 5% at best. Christians have been victims of great levels of persecution, great levels of persecution. But they are made, but they are made and, and as, as the ones who are, uh, are intolerant. They're, they're made to be the ones that uh, that 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 don't have compassion. May it never be said. May it never be said. Seriously, we're going to get into some more news here in just a moment. But I just just had to bring this out of some of my talking points about you know how we need to call things a spade. Uh, you know, call call it a spade if it is a spade. I mean, call call it for what it really is. I mean, that's the truth of the matter uh, in the world in which we're living in. Truly, that, uh, that that Christianity has been victimized, and if you're not careful, uh, you will be bullied by someone who will who will tell you 
that uh, that you're not showing compassion because you simply want to live in a secure America. I could go on about this, but let's go ahead and look at this article talking about this this bill that is going to be uh, voted on today. Now, what will happen once this this bill? And, and assuming that this bill will be passed, Obama has said and has vowed to veto this this very bill. What would happen then? Well, if you went around to 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 some people, to a lot of the progressive trendies who maybe don't pay attention to the way our government works, they would say, "Well, Obama vetoes it, so you know." That's it, right? No, actually, that's not it. Because the the Congress can actually get, if they can get a two-thirds majority, they can even override the veto process. This is a perfect example. We are going to see, hopefully, a a perfect example of the checks and balances system where the branches of government do their work. Here's the article, courtesy of ABC News. Six days after terrorists killed 129 people in Paris, the U.S. House of Representatives is expected to pass a GOP bill today that would effectively block Syrian and Iraqi refugees from coming to the United States without the approval of top national security officials. Now, let me pause for just a moment. I want to make a comment here. Paul Ryan, the speaker, said it like this. He said, you know, this may be a, a bill that, that was uh, launched by the GOP, but this should really be a bipartisan issue. And I think it's going to be in large part because uh, many folks are, are concerned and afraid. The bill pushed by House Republican leaders would require top national security officials to certify personally that individual refugees from Iraq and Syria are not security threats. See, that's the issue. They cannot, to my understanding, cannot certify that because there simply is no data on these people. The measure, which is set to pass with bipartisan support, also calls for the FBI to conduct thorough investigations of each refugee. It does not outline specific changes to the current process in which the FBI already plays a role. The House Homeland Security Committee Chairman, uh, Representative Michael McCall, a Republican from Texas who introduced the measure, said it would properly vet refugees from Syria and Iraq and certify that these individuals do not pose a threat to the security of the United States of America. Top House Democrats have come out against the proposal, but many rank-and-file members are set to support it, including a coalition of conservative Democrats. The White House issued a veto threat Wednesday evening, uh, and also uh, pointing out here in Asia, President Obama said Republican warnings uh, about the current vetting system for refugees, a process that can take up to two years, uh, doesn't jive with reality. We already have in place the most vigorous vetting process that we have for anybody who is, who is admitted, he said, in Manila, Philippines, where he is attending an economic summit. So that is where the president is, is right now. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of economic summits going on right now. Uh, it's, uh, we're moving more towards a, uh, a global society, and uh, it's, uh, it's incredible, but but there could be, according to this article, enough votes to override a veto. House Speaker Paul Ryan said the bill balances security concerns after the terrorist attacks with the country's immigration tradition. We are a compassionate nation. We have always been and we always will be, he said Wednesday, but we must also remember that our first priority is to protect the American people and how true it is i think that is the bottom line look no matter how much you may want to help those uh around you 
your number one priority if you are uh, a parent is to take care of your children first. That's the way it works, and that's the way it should work here in America. Our government should look after its own people first and foremost. So that's where we're at with that story, and we'll be watching, and when we get news about it, we will certainly uh, make it news to you. And that's one of the good reasons why you should follow us on Twitter. Follow us at Real Magellan on Twitter. And you can also go to our website, MagellanShow.com. Also, and in another interesting uh, turn of events here, this is an uh, exclusive report from uh, BrettBart.com. Six men from Pakistan, Afghanistan, busted illegally entering Arizona from Mexico. A highly trusted federal agent working under the umbrella of U.S. Customs and Border Protection has confirmed to uh, Red Bar, Texas, that a group composed of five Pakistani men and one man from Afghanistan was captured by U.S. Border Patrol agents after having illegally crossed the poorest U.S.-Mexican border in the Tucson sector of Arizona. The six men were traveling in a group and were captured roughly 16 miles into the state of Arizona, specifically near the small picturesque town of Patagonia, Arizona. The apprehension of the group occurred late on Monday night, November the 16th, 2015. You know, a lot of folks were laughing at Donald Trump because he was talking about and has been talking about building a wall. Uh, you know... When you look at things like this, um, it doesn't seem so outrageous anymore, does it? Look, there's more to this article. You can check it out in its entirety. Go to our website, MagellanShow.com, or uh, on our Twitter, at RealMagellan. But, but again, it, it doesn't seem like such an, uh, an outrageous assertion to say that we need a wall. We need strong uh, border security. If you do not have that, then uh, your country is vulnerable. Uh, you know, I mean, would you build a, a beautiful house and not have uh, the right kinds of locks on your doors, the right kinds of security systems in place, and so on and so forth? No, you have to, to protect. It's a basic fundamental principle that has to be exercised. So we're thankful that uh, that Border Patrol... Uh, agents were able to to apprehend those that were crossing over. And it's likely that they were up to no good. That you know <laughs> I mean I don't think they were crossing to find uh to find work. You know, like maybe some of our uh neighbors south of the border. I think they had a plan, but that's just my opinion. In the USA Today, uh, speaking about Donald Trump, he says Syrian refugees prove that we need a a, a wall, that, that we need a border wall. Trump has remained consistent and adamant on this point. The Syria refugee dispute continues to rule the political world. Presidential candidate Donald Trump and other Republicans are jumping on an Internet report that eight Syrians were detained at the Texas border this week. Citing unnamed sources, Breitbart News reported two federal agents operating under the umbrella of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, also known as CBP, are claiming that eight Syrian illegal aliens attempted to enter Texas from Mexico in the Laredo sector. Donald Trump tweeted, eight Syrians were just caught on the southern border trying to get into the U.S. ISIS, maybe? I told you so. We need a big and beautiful wall. Of course, very uh, very Trump-esque in his uh, um, statement there about, about needing a, he puts it in, in bold uh, uh, 
letters there, we need a big and beautiful wall. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes the truth just stares you right in the face. Also reporting, uh, RT is reporting that ISIS branch seeking to produce chemical weapons, Iraq and U.S. Uh, intel. It just, you know, it just keeps going. Uh, but just looking at this article for a moment, the Islamic State has a branch devoted to creating chemical weapons, AP reports, citing Iraqi and U.S. officials. Earlier, French Minister uh, Manuel Valls also warned that the Islamic State potentially used chemical or biological weapons in its attacks. Right now, they've, you know, in Paris, they use conventional weaponry. But a special branch has been set up by uh, Islamic State to develop chemical weapon uh, for the terrorist group using scientists from Iraq and Syria, as well as other countries in the region, AP reported citing Iraqi and U.S. intelligence sources. Although Islamic State has already used mustard gas on the battlefield, U.S. intelligence agencies are skeptical about the terrorists' capabilities to produce sophisticated chemical weapons suited for potential terrorist attacks. At the same time, at the same time, of course, you know, I just want to comment, you can never underestimate your adversary. So we'll be watching that story and... Uh, seeing if anything further develops uh, on, on that topic. You know, it's interesting. As I was watching the uh, the Democratic uh, presidential uh, debate uh, between the trio, O'Malley, uh, Bernie Sanders, and Hillary Clinton, the big discussion was, well, what do we call these people? And so Hillary was calling them uh, jihadis and... Uh, yeah, you know, and everyone had their term, you know, so as not to defend, so as not to offend uh, any uh, any religious group uh, that they would be associated with. And yet, these people that are they are jihadis, yes, which means uh, a so-called holy warrior, you know, jihad, a holy war. Isn't it? I mean, they themselves are called, you know, because let me back up. I've got to say this. So Hillary said, I don't want to call, I don't want to use the word, you know, uh, Islamic extremist or anything like that because she doesn't want to offend. Now, you can say right-wing uh, 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 extremists or Christian fundamentalists all day long, and that's okay, right? Because we can we can just kick around Christians and make fun of them and make fun of them all we want. But Hillary says that we, you know, we, I don't. I just want to call them jihadis, you know. Uh, same thing that happened. Remember in Chattanooga, you know, they didn't want to call uh, call the guy, you know, uh, an Islamic fundamentalist. You know, just just a a troubled a troubled young man. I think it was, you know. But the the very group that we are against, you know, ISIS. They refer to themselves as the Islamic State. They themselves are referring to, I mean, they're referring to themselves as as Islamic uh, extremists. The Islamic State. Hello? What does that acronym stand for? It, it stands for, I mean, I mean think about that. Uh, you know, let's just look at it in that perspective. And, and I mean, we just we have become so you know politically correct that it's it's almost sickening at times. It, it, it really is. So this is this is where uh, where we are at. And it's this kind of attitude is the reason why Christians are being persecuted. It truly is now, and, and for centuries. You know, it's time that, uh, you know, that, that we stand up for what we believe in. Now, speaking of that, let me talk to you about Kim Davis. Remember Kim Davis? She was in the news because she wouldn't marry the uh, the same-sex couples. 
and that news story has blown over, and uh, I think things are working out well for Tim Davis. But Mike Huckabee, the former governor of Arkansas and uh, current uh, Republican presidential candidate uh, within the primary process, uh, is being sued. Mike Huckabee is being sued for using Eye of the Tiger, you know, the Eye of the Tiger. The, the the Rocky song, you know, they always play that, you know, at, when there's a victory or when, or you're about to go into something uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, exciting or, or maybe filled with challenge or whatever the case may be. But, but Huckabee is in a lawsuit right now. You know, and this, this one blows my mind, friends, that, that, that he is being sued. They know Huckabee. See, Huckabee, uh, Huckabee didn't have a lot of money uh, when he uh, when when he wrapped up being uh, governor of Arkansas. I mean, you know, you make what eighty eight thousand a year, whatever it is, being the governor. But once he finished that and had you know his first president, presidential campaign back in '08 kind of fall apart, uh, he really gained, he soared in popularity. You know, he, he had a talk radio program. Uh, he was on Fox. He had his own Fox News program. And so, you know, Huckabee is worth close to $10 million by most reports. So they know he's got some fairly deep pockets, and they want to go after after that because they know that conservative money spends just like liberal money spends. Well, here's the story. The songwriter of the hit song, Eye of the Tiger, is suing Mike Huckabee for playing the tune at a rally following Kim Davis's release from jail. And here's what the lawsuit charges. And this is what is, uh, well, the, the, let me just back up here for a moment. Rude Music, which is owned by Frankie Sullivan, co-writer of the song, filed a lawsuit against Huckabee's campaign on Wednesday for copyright infringement in federal court in Illinois. The lawsuit charges the former Arkansas governor allowed the Grammy-winning song to be played publicly at a campaign appearance supporting the county clerk who gained national attention after refusing to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. This has to be one of the most outrageous and frivolous lawsuits that I've ever heard about. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I know a little bit about music, and uh, I like to sing. I've done a couple of of, uh, of CDs myself. And here is, here's the kicker, my friends. There is nothing against the law about playing a song live. You can do that. That's why people do karaoke. That's why you hear music played at the store. I mean, my goodness, all over the place, you know, you have people that that play music. Here's where the copyright laws come into play. Think of the term, copyright. It's when you begin to make copies and duplications. Or if you uh, record a song without giving credit, where credit is due. All these kinds of things. But you have the right to play. The song was written so people could play the song. My goodness. You know, they didn't record some movie. I can understand it if they had recorded, uh, if they had produced some documentary about Kim Davis and the song was on the documentary. But this was a live Rally. I mean, if that's the case, then uh, then Fleetwood Mac, you know, the ones who wrote the, the song "Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow." You know, every time Bill Clinton would get into a mess, and he, you know, he'd come back as the comeback kid. You know, they'd play that "Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow" song every time Bill and Hillary would get on the stage. Remember? I mean, everybody has songs, so you know, uh, you can't do that. But this is what this is. This is just a political move. And I don't think this is going to go anywhere. The Huckabee campaign has said that they wouldn't be bullied. 
And Mr. Sullivan is demanding an amount of money that exceeds the average salary of a hardworking American simply because a snippet of his song was played briefly at a rally. Huckabee spokeswoman Alice Stewart told CNN Thursday the campaign offered Mr. Sullivan fair compensation, but that offer was rejected and uh, said we refuse to be bullied. So, you know, just an incredible situation, just outrageous, outrageous. So we will see where uh, all of that one goes. Reuters broke a story about four or five hours ago. I do want to cover this. Just a moment here. We're going to bring this up. This having to do, you know, there was a a shootout in Paris a couple nights ago. And and this was uh, when when the Paris uh, you know law enforcement went into the Saint Denis area, uh, which is a, a a part of town where uh, they believed that there were uh, uh, those who might have uh, been part of the terrorist plot or at least associated in some way. The suspected mastermind of the attack that killed 129 people in Paris was among those killed in a police raid in a suburb of the French capital on Wednesday. The Paris prosecutor said in a statement on Thursday, and uh, Adel Hamid, uh, about a 28-year-old Belgian militant who had boasted a mounting, uh, who boasted of mounting attacks in Europe for the Islamic State there they go again. The Islamic State, hello, they're calling it for what it is, was accused of orchestrating Friday's coordinated bombings and shootings. Police originally thought he was in Syria, but their investigations led them to a house in the Paris suburb of St. Denis, and heavily armed officers stormed the building before dawn, uh, triggering a massive firefight and multiple explosions. Abdel Hamid uh, Abod has has just been formally identified after comparing fingerprints as having been killed during the police raid, the statement said. It was the body we had discovered in the building uh, uh, riddled with bullets. So, you know, they're, they're still trying to investigate some things. Uh, and in the same raid... Uh, there was a woman, uh, I believe one of the uh, a cousin or a relative of, of one of the attackers, who actually blew herself up in this very police raid. So there are female suicide bombers. Yes, I, I will acknowledge that they're not uh, as as common as as the the male suicide bombers, but it does happen. It does happen, so we should not underestimate that. Not only that, but you know, along those same lines, you probably saw the video that was circulating through social media even before the Paris attacks about how, at an Israeli checkpoint in Israel, that there was a a, a Muslim woman that actually, uh, uh, you know, took a knife and, and tried to start attacking a uh, a an Israeli uh, guard at a checkpoint. Uh, fortunately, he was not he was not killed, but only injured. So we are seeing more of a radicalization and more of, of an extremist uh, way of doing things by uh, by the women. So we must keep that in mind as well. This type of fundamentalism uh, transcends, uh, you know, you know, gender, whether you're man or woman. It, it's it's affecting, and, and whether you're young or old, it's affecting all walks of life. It is. It's a very serious situation. This is the Magellan Show. For those of you who maybe are just joining us, our live number is 646-929-0709. Our playback number is 712-775-7039, access code 327 Other news story here, common pesticide could hinder bumblebees' ability to pollinate plants. 
this is incredibly serious because if we don't have bees, now, look, we may not want to get around bees, may not like getting uh, stung by a bee, but the bottom line is our world has to have bees to survive. And as I understand it, if we lose the bees, well, that's it. So what's going on here? Well, what it is, we are destroying ourselves. And I'm not talking about climate change. All we want to do is talk about climate change when we know that, that the weather patterns have been cyclical for, for uh, well, for eons of time. But we need to talk more about some of the other issues that are facing our health, like unsafe vaccines. I didn't say vaccines. I said vaccines that are unsafe. They need to make them safe, like uh, the foods that we eat, the chemicals that are in the foods, the pesticides that are in the foods, the GMOs that are in the foods, and so on and so forth. So, so they've got this pesticide out that is hindering or could hinder bumblebees uh, and their ability to pollinate plants. That's huge. A new study has found that after exposure to pesticides, bumblebees face hindered pollination ability. They visited fewer flowers and returned with less pollen, leading to less apple seeds. The paper, published on Wednesday in the journal Nature, tested the effects of the pesticide thiamethyl methosam, or I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Anyways, you can look it up. But which belongs to a class of pesticides known as uh, uh, neon-cononoids. Uh, uh, and it also looked at the ability of the bumblebee to pollinate apple trees. Previous studies had only, testing, had only tested the effects of pesticides on honeybees and not bumblebees. In the experiment, researchers used the group groups of bees comprised of 24 colonies with a queen bee and 99 workers. They exposed the first two groups to two different uh, field re, uh, realistic levels of the pesticides or amounts that are actually used by farmers to protect their crops, 2.4 parts per billion and 10 parts per billion. The third group wasn't exposed to any pesticides at all. Colonies exposed to the 10 parts per billion level experienced the strongest effect. So when it got to that certain level, that's when the strongest effects were were uh, experienced. And the researchers found that the mobiles exposed to the pesticides made fewer visits to these apple trees and collected less pollen. Such a big deal. Uh, such a big deal here. These could have major implications for both, uh, you know, uh, crop yields and and functioning natural ecosystems. That could have a major, major, major role in uh, in, in our ability to uh, to produce crops so so much. I mean. We can't underestimate the importance of bees, and uh, that's why I'm talking about it today. Also, in health news, GMOs are a big deal. We know that, and they have affected so so many different uh, vegetables and fruits, and, and regrettably so. But now we're hearing that they are starting to uh, genetically modify salmon. I didn't even know that this was possible. But this is getting scary. You see see the broad reach of Monsanto and the uh, powerful organizations that are trying to destroy our food supply. Genetically modified salmon. This is what the FDA, your FDA, is approving. Out of Washington, the food, this is from Time Magazine. The Food and Drug Administration on Thursday approved genetically modified salmon. So who needs real salmon, you know? We'll have genetically modified. I mean, come on, give me a break. But they approved it 
and this is the fir first such altered animal for human consumption in the United States. The Obama administration has stalled in approving the fast-growing salmon for more than five years amid consumer concerns about eating genetically modified foods, but the agency said, here's what the agency said. They said the, the fish, the fish is safe to eat. So, of course, we're going to eat it. We're going to eat it, right? Huh. I don't think they're going to be serving it at the White House. <laughs> but altering genetic materials, uh, scientists have proposed, and in some cases actually created, animals that would be bred to be disease-free, cleaner in their environment, or grow more efficiently. Bottom line here. You want to you want to know what the bottom line is here. You can you can read this article in its entirety if you want to. Go to our website MagellanShow.com or uh, on, on our Twitter feed at Real Magellan. The bottom line is money because uh, if they can if they can produce more more fish, more salmon that's uh, disease free, then uh, then they will. Uh, They'll make more money. It's their bottom line. It's the same reason why they GMO crops. Because, you know, if, if you have corn that uh, that is, has not gone bad, if you can grow apples that aren't... Remember we used to, to get apples and they'd be all spotty and you'd find a worm in them and it's like, oh, gross. But it was real. It was real. I mean, my goodness. You know... Take a piece of plastic or a piece of lumber. Now, there's not going to be any any kind of of disease there, but it's not. You know, I mean, come on, it, it's it's not for human consumption. And so you can you can have more salmon and and produce more salmon. It's not going to be real, and I doubt that it's going to be good for human and safe for human consumption. I know the FDA says, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But we're going to see the effects of GMOs in years to come. You know, look, look, look there was a time when cigarette smoking was thought to, be, thought to be safe. Some even went so far as to think that it was healthy to smoke cigarettes. And then you had those that died of lung cancer uh, years later, and now pretty much across the board, even those who smoke cigarettes now because they're gripped by the addiction of it, they all know. Everybody knows that cigarette smoking is deadly, whether you smoke or not. And no offense to those of you that smoke and that listen to my program, but even you know it's bad. So there's a consensus now. And so much of the time when that happens, you know, there's the fine print where the government says, well, we told you so, we told you so. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Let's take a look at the markets right now, shall we? In New York, what's going on over at Wall Street? Well, the Dow is barely holding on to uh, to any gains. Uh, up 5.5 points, 17,742. The Nasdaq up 6 to 5,081. S&P 500 down uh, about a about a dollar to uh, 2,082. That's a look at your market report in New York. Let's see what's happening. Let's see what's happening with the precious metals markets. Looking at Monex.com, the latest on gold and. Silver, platinum, palladium. Uh, I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching silver, and it's uh, really uh, been, I think, oversold. But gold right now is up eight to ten eighty four. Silver is up ten cents to fourteen thirty three, making a slight comeback there. Platinum is down one to eight sixty, and palladium is down again uh, five to five forty two. Let's get a market report on currencies. Looking at the currency report. Euro to dollar. 
$1.07 right now. And the IQD, looking at the Iraqi currency, courtesy of the Central Bank of Iraq, CBI.IQ. Indicative rates for today, the 19th day of November 2015, 11.66 to the U.S. dollar, 12.43 to the euro, 17.73 to the British pound, and 8.73 to the Canadian dollar. There are certainly more things we could talk about today, a lot of news. Uh, and we'll be also watching the uh, the report as far as the the House vote is concerned. Uh, just want to before we go before we go, I want to just make sure that uh, there aren't any other major stories that we haven't covered. But we'll keep you posted. Stay tuned to MagellanShow.com and follow us at Real Magellan. Don't forget, if you want to stay in touch with us, uh, it's contact at MagellanShow.com. If you'd like to advertise or be one of our sponsors, email us, contact at MagellanShow.com, and you can learn more that way. And I'll get back in touch with you. Have a great day, my friends. Have a good one. God bless all of you. And we will see you back here on Tuesday, Lord willing, for another broadcast, uh, The Magellan Show. Until then, have a great day and a fabulous weekend. Magellan signing off for now. Bye-bye.